I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Today we're talking about sugar. And if you've listened to these shows before, we do a series of lectures called The Seven Deadly Sins of Nutrition. And today we're picking sugar as one of the seven deadly sins. It's alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. So sugar is today. A lot of people have trouble with sugar. In fact, I would say all people. Maybe, I can't say all ever, but most people have trouble with sugar because sugar stimulates the part of your brain that releases dopamine, and dopamine is the neurotransmitter in your brain that gets you high. You feel good when you take sugar in your body, and as soon as you do it, you want more because you're getting high from it. So there's a lot of reasons what, why you want to cut back on sugar. I'm going to talk about what it does to the body. It can cause something called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and this is on a rise in the U.S., and guess what's largely to blame? Sugar, specifically high fructose corn syrup. It's hiding out in drinks and processed foods. It's really a weapon of mass destruction. Non-alcoholic fatty liver occurs when fat builds up in the liver. Now, according to a study conducted at the University of Sydney, uh, non-alcoholic uh, non fatty liver disease is present in 17% to 33% of Americans. Now, when I went to school years ago, if you did uh, uh, a dissection on a cadaver, and, what, and you cut open the liver, and sure enough, it was fatty. The question came up, what caused this? And it was one answer that always, you always got it right, and that was alcohol. So you, if you're an alcoholic, a fatty liver disease, you got the question right, you moved on. That's awesome. 33% now of people in the United States, not people with fatty liver, but 33% across the board, can have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. We're finding it in kids as young as five years old. It's crazy. Where is it coming from? It's coming from the fructose, the high fructose corn syrup. Now, the growing percentage of these people having this parallels the frequency in obesity, insulin resistance, uh, metabolic syndrome, type 2 diabetes. And many Americans with this, with this disease don't experience any symptoms. That's where the problem comes in. Now, I'm a chiropractor. I'm board certified in chiropractic, orthopedics, pain management, double board certified in nutrition. And one of the challenges I have for me and my doctors is when you come in for chiropractic care with us, we give you adjustments and relatively quickly, you start to feel some results. Now, the only time patients don't get the results is when they don't do what we say. So what happens is patients come in, they start feeling better and they say, I don't need to come back anymore. That's not true. Why? Because 90% of the nerves don't feel pain. You can have pinched and damaged nerves and not know it because there's no symptoms. That's the same thing with fatty liver disease. Many times you have it and there's no symptoms. Tough University researchers discovered people who drink one sugar-sweetened beverage a day face a higher risk of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease compared to those who steer clear of the beverages altogether. One a day. And I can't tell you how many patients I've consulted with, thousands, maybe tens of thousands. And they say, Dr. Joe, I have a real good diet. Once a day or so, I'll just have a soda increasing your risk of uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Now, interestingly enough, it affects something called the microbiome. You see, microbiome, this is the bacteria that's in your body, in your colon, serves to interface between diet and the liver, and it modifies dietary effects. Scientists have actively investigated your gut's role in non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. What's clear? 
Drastically cutting back on your added sugar seems to improve your risk of getting this disease. Now, the sugar rules everything because the sugar feeds bad bacteria in your colon. And in your colon, you have good bacteria and bad bacteria, and we're always in battle. But it's at a state, if you're healthy, at a state of homeostasis. Homeostasis means it's balanced. And when you start eating a lot of sugar, you're feeding the bad bacteria, but you're also feeding something called yeast. And this is something we see all the time in our office. And we can do blood work for you, but here's a simple test you can do. This morning, uh, tomorrow morning, when you wake up, Put a glass of water next to your bed, a clear glass of water. When you wake up, get a big mouthful of spit, scrape your tongue with your teeth, and spit into the glass. Wait up to an hour. And if you start to see little tentacles coming down, almost like, uh, like jellyfish, that's telling us that you, chances are you have a yeast infection. Then if you come to our office, we can do a blood work on you, and we can find out if it truly is a yeast infection. And if it is, you really want to work hard to get rid of that. Because yeast can cause so many problems. Just Google yeast infection and it'll give you the list of the symptoms that go with it. And sugar feeds the yeast. Now here's the challenge. When I get people on an anti-yeast protocol with supplements and diet, the first couple of days, many times they feel awful because the yeast is starting to die. And when the yeast dies off, it's inside your body, the immune system has to attack the yeast and get these dead yeast bodies out of the system. So many times you feel awful. I hate to say that's a good sign, but that's a good sign. That means we're killing off the yeast. So eating sugar can do so many things, including lead to systemic yeast infections. Now, sugar is bad, particularly when it comes to the gut. Knowing that these microorganisms that live in your gut actually act similar to a metabolic organ. They become a living, breathing organ, so to speak, like everything else in the body. And researchers now believe that sugar changes the gut microbiome in a way that increases intestinal permeability. In many places in your colon, your colon is only one cell thick. So if you, and food is, nutrients are passed in and out, it's called cell permeability. If you eat a lot of sugar, it can essentially tear holes and create openings in this gut. And now it's called leaky gut syndrome. And a lot of these symptoms you have are eliminated when you cut back excess sugar. And eliminating sugar is a key part of any effective leaky gut program. So if you have allergies, if you have a lot of gas and bloating, if you have this yeast infection, added sugar feeds the yeast in a bad bacteria, and that can damage, damage the intestinal walls and create leaky gut. Now, if you have leaky gut, big chunks, relatively big chunks, of undigested protein, uh, fecal matter, bacteria can be absorbed into the blood system. So what happens? The body says, this doesn't belong in the blood system. Send out the troops, send out the immune system to attack these foreign invaders. And so the immune system attacks the foreign invaders, and now it has to get those foreign invaders out of the system. And it comes out through things like your sinuses. A lot of people have sinus problems due to leaky gut syndrome. Uh, through your skin, many, many skin conditions. When you heal leaky gut, the skin conditions go away. Uh, it can come out through your urine. With women, it can be vaginal infections, uh, itchy rectum. A lot of these are signs of leaky gut syndrome and or yeast infections. And so you can cover it up on the surface, you can put creams on it or lotions, but that doesn't treat the cause, it treats the symptoms. Now, my office, all my doctors are trained by me, and so where our goal is always get to the cause, whether it's a pinched nerve from a chiropractic standpoint, whether it's a nutritional issue. That's why we try to get most patients, if we can try to get all the patients, the minimum nutrients they should be taking or supplements would be Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. They're two powders, they taste great. If you, you wanna add some, some uh, uh, frozen bananas or frozen berries to them, that adds a new flavor to it. 
make a smoothie out of it. Relatively inexpensive, tastes great, minimum amount of nutrients. And the biggest thing I hear from people is, Dr. Joe, I can't live without this stuff. My life is so much better since I've been taking Super Greens and Essential Source. And if you want them, they're on the website, drjoe.com, D-R-J-O-E.com. We can ship them anywhere in the world. But when we get that into the system, that oftentimes helps the sugar cravings. That's what we're talking about today is sugar, the dangers of sugar. So if you have the sugar in the system, it can cause an inflammatory reaction in the colon. And this low-grade inflammation that sugar triggers can lead to the transfer of substances from the gut into the bloodstream. And this can trigger things like obesity, chronic metabolic diseases, inflammation. Now, on a similar note, December 2014, study found that sugar-sweetened soda drinks may influence the development of metabolic diseases as the researchers found that soda drinkers had shorter telomeres. Now, a telomere is a, is a little part of your, your genes, not your blue genes, but your, your genes in your body. And when you're young, the telomere is very long and active. It looks like a tail. And as you get older, the telomere actually starts to shrink. So if you eat sugar, it can decrease the activity and the length of the telomere, and that's a sign of decreased longevity and accelerated cell aging. I, I, can't, I don't know how many reasons I have to give you to cut out the sugar. A 2013 study published in a journal, PLOS, it's called PLOS, uh, found that uh, every, for every 150 calories of sugar a person consumes a day, that's the equivalent of about a can of soda, they increase their risk of diabetes by 1.1%. This increased risk held true even when considering uh, when the research is adjusted for things like types of food that people ate, including meats and oils and cereals and high fiber foods. And researchers found the impact on sugar, on, uh, impact of sugar on diabetes held true regardless of sedentary lifestyle or alcohol use. So taking all the other bad habits out, it still has a bad effect on it. Now here are the sugar ingredients to avoid. Added sugars can fall into different names. We talked about that earlier. Now it's currently... Uh, nearly impossible to tell a percentage of sugar that comes from natural sources versus uh, sugar added right now. But one rule of thumb to find sugars is look for the word, the ending O-S-E. Anything like fructose, glucose, maltose, galactose, these are different types of sugars. Don't be fooled by natural sounding sweeteners like cane juice, beet sugar, fruit juice, rice syrup, molasses. These are all types of sugar. Um, and people come to me all the time. How about agave nectar? I got that one the other day on one of the shows I was doing. What about agave nectar? Fructose is the dangerous sugar. They're all bad, but the fructose is the really bad one. White table sugar, 50% fructose, 50% glucose. High fructose corn syrup. You would think so much more fructose. 55% fructose, 45% glucose. So it's only a little bit that makes the difference. Agave nectar is 85% fructose. So I really want you to stay away from agave nectar. Even though it's advertised as a health food and a natural, it doesn't spike your blood sugar, not a good idea. So other names for sugars and added sugars include things like anhydrose, dextrose, D-O-S-E, brown sugar, confectioner's powdered sugar, corn syrup, corn syrup solids, uh, dextrose, fructose, high fructose corn syrup, invert sugar, lactose, uh, malt sugar, maltose, molasses, nectars, including like peach nectar. That sounds healthy, right? Pancake syrup, raw sugar, sucrose, uh, white granulated sugar, and of course, just the name sugar. So is it confusing? Absolutely. I ran into somebody the other day at one of the stores I shop at, and she's been a raw food vegan for many years now. And she goes, I'm so confused. High, high protein, low protein, high fat, low fat, uh, low carb, high carb. I said, just eat the whole foods. Not from the store, but foods that are processed the least. And a, a, a little rule I have, if you want to go really in-depth, if it has a label on it, you probably shouldn't eat it. 
because carrots don't have labels on them or broccoli doesn't have labels on it. But I want you to have something raw at every meal. Now, when I say raw, broccoli, cucumbers, tomatoes, avocados, raw food has a lot of nutrients in it and it has the fiber. Because we look at, we want to look at net carbs. What that means is you look at the amount of carbs in a food. Let's say it has 20 grams of carbs in a, in a certain food, but it has 10 grams of fiber. So you take the carbs minus the fiber, that's the net carbs. So 20 grams of carbs, 10 grams of fiber, 10 net carbs. In a perfect world, you want to stay below 40 net carbs a day. Let's say 60 to make it real. If you could stay be below 60 net carbs a day, you're probably eating a pretty good diet because you're eating a lot of fiber then and a lot of whole foods. So that's a good general rule to consider. I want to talk about real quick how the sugar affects the brain because, of course, as a chiropractor, I'm very concerned about your brain and your spinal cord. Uh, what does dextrose, fructose, lactose, maltose, glucose, what does it do? A sugar by any other name is still as sweet. It's still sugar. There are more than 50 different names for sugar. But is sugar, all sugar bad for you? Essentially, the two types of sugar, there's good sugar that occurs in fruits and vegetables, but it has the fiber and it's the whole food, and the bad sugar that's used in sodas and candies and baked goods and so on. So the good sugar is actually needed within the body. We do need glucose. That's why I'm not a big fan of this ketogenic diet because the body is found to function much better when it has a little bit of glucose. And in fact, bodybuilding, we're finding if you're on a ketogenic diet versus a whole food plant-based diet, you don't build muscle as fast. The brain doesn't work as well. One of the things you get if you go on a ketogenic diet is called a ketogenic flu. You start feeling sick. So if you're diabetic, if you have seizures, it might be a good diet for you, but I'm not a fan of the ketogenic diet otherwise because it's A, it's usually not sustainable, and B, we're looking at side effects now. Now that it's been out long enough, it's not something I like, okay? So particularly within the brain, there's damage. Following a meal, food is broken down, and glycogen, carbohydrates and proteins and fats and, and triglycerides, they're broken down into glucose if we don't have enough glucose. Glucose is so critical to cell function that glucose deprivation can lead to loss of consciousness and even cell death. Therefore, after a meal, the body has a system in place in which excess glucose is stored as glycogen, like we talked about. All cells need the energy to function, the glucose. A large mass of neuron cells make up your brain and it needs energy, largely in the form of glucose. Did you know that brain uses approximately 20% of an individual's daily energy intake? Not only is sugar essential for your basic brain functions, but it tastes so good. And that's why it's so bad for you when you eat it concentrated because you want to keep eating it. If you're like me, if I have a piece of bread, you know what I want more of? Bread. If I have a bagel, what do I want more of? Bagel. If I have a, piece, a cookie or a cake, what do I want more of? Cake. I always joke, I can't eat a cookie. I can eat a box of cookies, but I can't eat a cookie. Because once those pleasure centers in my brain are kicked in, logic goes out the door. And that's why we overeat. You know you're not supposed to overeat. How about people that are closet eaters? They go home and eat a pint of ice cream and then feel miserable. Because the, the, the craving overrides logic. Once you eat something with sugar in it, your taste receptors are activated. It sends signals to your brain. And what happens is it sets off an entire cascade of stimulation. Now, the dopaminergic pathway is activated and it triggers your yum signal. This is yummy, I want more. This pathway starts a cluster of cells in the base of the brainstem called the ventral uh, tegmental area, and that extends through the lateral hypothalamus, a lot of anatomy and physiology going on here, to the nucleus acubens, and that's in the forebrain, that's up here. And that's what you talk about, the nucleus acubens is stimulated, you wanna get high, 
and that's why you do more of it. Behaviors that simulate the release of the neurotransmitter dopamine in the nucleus acumens is within this pathway, and it's very motivational. You want to do more of it. So glucose is critical in cell function and survival, and it stimulates the reward pathway in the brain that makes everything feel like unicorns and rainbows. You just want to eat more of it. Life is great, except when you eat too much of it. And it's you, then the opposite of good occurs. And so your reward pathways get stimulated. The dopamine is released. Uh, it's desensitized because you're releasing so much dopamine, and then you want more dopamine to get high. We talked about that with coffee in the past. We're going to do a show on coffee in a few weeks too. Therefore, it needs to be more consumption because you want to keep getting high and it elicits the same response. You can't get high the same way you used to. This increases in consumption, these increase in consumption has been shown to result in things like obesity, including childhood obesity, uh, increased diet, high in saturated fats and sugars. That's a high energy diet. I, I, oh, I don't like this. The people in charge don't call it calories anymore. It's called energy. I don't like that. Energy sounds good. I don't want it to sound good. I want it to sound bad. So don't be fooled when something is a high energy food. It means it's high caloric food. So I don't like that, that word. I'm going to work on changing that. Uh, this can have fundamental changes within the brain that in conjunction with the increased neurotransmitter release like dopamine can have detrimental effects. It can affect learning and memory. Studies have shown that diet high in sugar and saturated fats can promote oxidative stress. Oxidative stress is like rust. It eats away things. 2010, an associate professor of biological sciences at the, the uh, Purdue University demonstrated that a three-day diet of increased sugar and saturated fats resulted in impaired hippocampal function. The hippocampus is a part of the brain that has to do with learning and memory. And this causes the rats to have difficulty uh, finding food within a maze. Three days of sugar, they started getting dopey is what it boils down to. Other studies illustrate that the hippocampus, in particular the part of the brain that has memory, is sensitive to a high caloric diet. They called it a high energy diet. I don't like that word. Addiction. Sugar addiction is real. The pathway activated for addiction is the same as the reward pathway. Persistent, persistent increases in the release of the neurotransmitter dopamine leads to desensitization. That means you just get used to it and requires more consumption for the reward. It changes to how the genes express themselves and creates a consumption, dopamine release, reward, pleasure, motivation cycle, and it increases and it becomes harder to break. You're getting high, you want to keep getting high is what it boils down to. Depression and anxiety, I've seen this so many times with patients. Attempts to try to break the addictive cycle can lead to mood swings and irritability. Eliminating all additive sugar from your diet can lead to some of the same symptoms as drug withdrawal. That's why I said the first three days of coming off your sugar is really tough. You might have headaches, anxiety, cravings. You might even have chills. So getting off that sugar is sometimes tough. And that's why I recommend Dr. Joe's Supergreens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source, minimum supplements you should take every day. In fact, at this party I went to the other day, some of my friends said, Dr. Joe, your super greens and essential source are amazing. I said, thank you. I've, you know, good formulation. I've worked years to get it together. They said, I shouldn't tell you this. They take it before they go drinking, when they get home, and then the next day, and it helps with the hangover. Because when you drink, and we've covered alcohol in the past, we have a show on the website, drjoe.com, that your body is depleted in so many nutrients, you've got to re re replenish those nutrients. So now people are using something good, super greens and essential source, to help their evil habits. They take it before they go drinking, when they come home, and the next day. So 
I hate to say that's, uh, that they're doing this, but at least it's revitalizing the body's nutrient uh, deficiencies and makes them work. That's why I can't imagine a day without super greens and essential source because it works a lot better when you're not poisoning yourself. So those are on the website, drjoe.com. I, 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 if you do nothing else, at least take the super greens and the essential source. They're awesome. And the website is drjoe.com. We have a bunch of other supplements there too. Today, I'm not really covering a lot of supplements, but super greens and essential source minimum. Cognitive effects sugar has on the brain. Prolonged diets with high sugar may lead to changes in what we call gene expression, and that affects everything from neurotransmitters to receptors to basic cell function. Studies suggest that brain-derived neurotrophic factor, it's called BD, uh, B, <laughs> BDNF, it's impacted. This is, act, this is active in what's called the hippocampus. That's Remember, that's memory. Uh, the cortex and the forebrain, and it's vital in learning, uh, and learning and memory as well as supporting existing neurons while promoting the formation of new connections within the brain. When I went to school, we were taught that the brain stopped growing and once a cell died, it died forever. We were wrong. The brain has a, a capability called plasticity. It can actually rewire damaged areas and wire around damaged areas when giving the right stimulation. And that's why chiropractic care is so important, so much more than just pinched nerves. Because when you adjust somebody, you stimulate the neurological pathways that go up into the brain, which can stimulate new nerve production and new connections. Sugar can shut down these connections. So it's not, it's not unsurprising, it's unsurprising that a correlation between low brain-derived neurotrophic function and uh, Alzheimer's depression and, and, and dementia have all been linked. New and continuing research in the field of neuroscience, that's study of the brain, continues to provide valuable information in effect that excess sugar has on the brain. Further information gained from such research is also going to lead to changes that are specific to cognitive disorders and how they're treated. And we know that too much sugar can get into the brain and the brain then can't utilize it. Type 1 diabetes is when the pancreas doesn't produce insulin. Type 2 is insulin resistance in the body. Type 3 diabetes is insulin resistance in the brain. And when the brain and the, the cognitive function, your thought processes start to be affected, many times it's because of the, the body getting too much sugar and too much insulin. Because the brain produces its own insulin. And if you have too much insulin, the brain is going to say, I can't accept insulin to uh, open up the cells and let sugar in. It becomes insulin resistant. And now we start having memory issues. And you'll know this. If you eat a bunch of sugar, you feel awful. It's not like you need a scientist to go through this research with you. You don't need me to go through the research. Eat some cookies and cakes and donuts and pastas and see how you feel. You feel rotten. It's not a secret. So cutting those back is such a key. And the way to do that is give the body the nutrients that it needs so it can stimulate its own dopamine receptor sites and it doesn't need those outside sources. And again, it's addicting just like any other drug. I believe it's the most abused drug in the world is sugar. Coffee's number two. So we talk about heroin and cocaine and pot. Those are bad. But what about the legal stuff? That's something everybody's doing every day. It's not good. Now, the downside, well, the upside is it keeps me in practice. In the Atlanta area, we have three offices. We're going to open up two more. And patients keep coming to us. And they have neck pain and back pain and shoulder pain and numbness and tingling. And they've been in car accidents. And they want to get treated by us. And that's great. But a lot of them come to us because they're, they're toxic. They've put so much junk into their body. Say, Dr. Joe, I'm so sick. I don't know what else to do. I've had MRIs and CAT scans. I've taken medication. Nothing's helping me. What can I do? Let's get the nervous system working properly because the nervous system controls everything. 
So if you have pinched nerves or damaged nerves, we got to fix that. We're really good at fixing that. Then we got to get your diet straightened out. We got to get you on to good foods, more fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds, staying away from the seven deadly sins, like sugar being one of them. Getting on some basic supplements like Dr. Joe's Super Greens, Dr. Joe's Essential Source. In the winter months, non-summer months, I take vitamin D every day. Vitamin D is necessary for so many different functions, including sugar cravings. New research out on vitamin D and sugar cravings. So I take vitamin D every day. And I find when I take Super Greens Essential Source and vitamin D, I eat much better and I eat much less. And then we add Dr. Joe's digestive enzymes if I eat a cooked meal. And then adrenal support, because the adrenal glands produce over 50 different hormones. We did a show on that last week. It's on the website, drjoe.com. Adrenal support, omega-3 fatty acids. We have a vegan omega-3 fatty acids for brain function and inflammation. So the money that you're wasting on bad foods and alcohols and meats and dairies and coffees and sodas, by just taking some supplements, you're going to save a ton of money, feel better, probably live longer. Why wouldn't you do it? And then you add chiropractic to that to get the nervous system working. And if you have acid reflux or heartburn, we can actually adjust or pull the stomach away from the diaphragm. And many times that helps digestive issues. So if you get the nervous system working, the digestive system working, and your diet straightened out, now you have a healthcare plan. So if you want to make an appointment to come see us, and I think you should, you're going to regret not doing it in the future, go to our website, drjoe.com, D-R-J-O-E.com. You can make an appointment right online. If you have any questions, send them to me through the website, drjoe.com. Folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. Thanks for tuning in. Tons of shows on the website, drjoe.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on a WSB Radio app.